RadioInfluence.com. Hey everyone, welcome to Live Bold and Boss Up. Today we're chatting with Tim Moore. He is a three-time Emmy award-winning director and CEO of Diamond View. And um, he has done, I think, more things than I thought you, I, more, you've done more things than I realized that you've done. Like you were an author of a book. Um, I didn't realize you had a foundation either. Mm-hmm. Where have I been? <laughs> um, so I'm really excited to sit down with you and talk to you because you also have um, this new thing called The View that we really want to like dive mm-hmm. into as well too. That's like brand new. I don't think anyone has anything like it in the world. So welcome to the podcast and thank you for taking yeah, time thanks to for having me here. Us. Yeah, I'm so excited to hear about this because I hear about it from Ash and Dan talking about it. And I'm like, ooh, this sounds exciting. So I'm so excited for you to be here. Well, thank you. Yeah, looking forward to it. So I was looking up your profile and like kind of how you got into it and, and about Diamond View. And I think it's very interesting how you got into the business mm-hmm. to begin with. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, well, 15 years ago, uh, I was going on a missions trip. And to me, I thought this was going to be a vacation. You know, I was going with my church and we were going to Dominican Republic. And so before I even get on the plane to go, uh, one of the counselors came over and he handed me a camera and he said, Tim, you're going to be the video guy. Um, and little did I know that was going to change my life, but he gives me this big VHS camera that you put over your shoulder. Uh, and that <laughs> <Don't> week, <data. laughs> yeah, <VHS>. that <laughs> week I went out there and, uh, I, I just fell in love with it. You know, video is one of those things that if you take a camera and zoom in, you see things that you never see in the real world. Right. And so as I was going, the Dominican's a very interesting place. You know, we were on the Eastern outskirts of Haiti. So right in the center of the Island. And there, you know, people would be jealous to have the problems that you have, you know, they're, uh, they are living a completely different life. A lot of them live near the landfill and use the trash to build their houses with. And so being there, not only experience in person, but to shoot it with the camera, that was like, you know, something I had never expected to be a part of. But the real magic came when I came back and um, was showing the video to the church I'd edited it and this is kind of my first video. So uh, it's a, kind of an amateur piece. And I, I was hoping though that everyone would love it when I played on the screens. Right. And there's something about when you play it on a big projector screen with the nice sound system that like it even brings the emotion out more. Mm-hmm. And after the video played, I had this awkward pause where there was no clapping. <laughs> and I was like, oh no, did that not land? And I my heart sank. Um, but as they lift the lights back up, I could see people were actually crying. And I was like, wow, this is, this is like powerful. And I I think the lesson I learned is they took a um, bucket around and they were like, Hey, anyone who wants to give to these people, you know, put in the bucket. I saw people taking money out of their wallet and giving to people that they never knew and a place that they'd never been to for a cause that like two minutes ago, no one in that room even knew about. And I was like, wow, that's the power of good advertising. And, and that's really where I began my journey of, man, I want to make commercials that have an impact, not just to sell a product, but to uh, pursue causes that are worth pursuing to, to really change the world with it. Uh, And that's when I started Diamond View. Wow. You literally just gave me goosebumps. Yeah. (laughs) That was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so where did your foundation come from? Was that after Diamond View? Yeah. So I had Diamond View for about 10 years, still growing. And now 
And we realized that, you know, video is not the only way that you can do positive advertising. Um, we wanted to do it with murals on walls. And so I, I had went to Wynwood. You ever been down to Wynwood in Miami? No. It's like an arts and culture hub. And so this, um, it's, it's a small neighborhood just north of Miami. And uh, 10 years ago, to be a scary place to go. It was like abandoned buildings and no one wanted to be there. And the artists came in and started making murals on the wall. And today, uh, Wynwood is one of the most dense places for murals. And the it's just like the most positive place to be in the U.S. It's amazing. Yeah. And so I wanted to bring that same kind of positivity to Tampa. And so we made the foundation. Um, and that's the whole goal is that we want to take buildings that are vanilla shells you know, that are forgotten and scattered on the street side and use that as a, a way to put positive art. And so that's, that's the purpose of the foundation. And, and let's be honest, like our architecture is. <laughs> yes. It's perfect for murals because <laughs> right? it's just flat and <laughs> right. boring. So. Yeah. 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 What is that foundation called? It's called the Tampa foundation. The Tampa foundation. Yeah. And so is that just in Tampa or do you do St. Pete as well? Cause I know St. Pete has a lot of murals. Yeah. Well, St. Pete's already popping. So I'm really focused on getting Tampa to be that same kind of vibe. I like it. Yeah. That's amazing. How do you go about getting artists or do you employ artists or how do you do that? Like, Well, with the foundation, what we typically do is find a location first and then figure out what artist is best for the message. And so uh, we always do local artists here in the Tampa Bay area. Um, but uh, for me, it's like, you know, when you see streets and buildings, you know, people live there, but when you see art, you realize that city is alive. Mm -hmm. And so I'm looking for places that you pass by and it's not even that it's an eyesore, it's invisible. Mm -hmm. You don't even, you don't even think about that place. And then I want to, I want to breathe life into it to where when you drive by, you turn your head and go, Oh, look at that cool building. Or I want to take a picture here. Like that's, that's the goal of the foundation. Where are some of the places in Tampa that you've. So we have a couple off 275 that begin anywhere. Yes. Actually yep. that was in my head as we were talking because <laughs> I see it every day on the way to work. Yep. And that's a cool story because I um, had saw that building for years and it was just a blank wall. It had gotten some graffiti on it and I approached the owner and uh, right when I told him like, Hey, this would be a great, uh, you know, wall for art. He was like, basically hung up the phone. Oh. He's like, no, no way. I don't want any more graffiti on my wall. I'm like, no, no, no. It's like positive inspirational art. And so I called him two or three times. So I finally got him, got through and um, he came over and on our building, we have, you know, dream big on the side mm -hmm. of the building. And I brought him over when the school kids get out. It's about one 30, they all walk out. And as we sit, uh, stood at the, the foot of the building and looked at it, uh, it kind of sank into him. It's like, oh, the art isn't for you. The art's for everyone who experiences it. And so to see like the kids walking by and be like, oh, wow, this is like, this is bigger than just the building or the artwork. It's like the effect of someone's having a bad day and that's their one thing they need, you know? And so, um, so beautiful. I love yeah, it's a cool, cool way to express what we want to do with video, but in a different medium. Right. So uh, going back to Diamond View, right. It, it took you we were chatting and you're like, yeah, it wasn't like a, oh, just winning Emmys right, right off the bat, right? Like it took you a lot of blood, sweat and tears mm -hmm. to create what you wanted to create, right? Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about that journey. Well, video, it's a vocational skill. So anyone can learn. You don't have to be smart, but it takes a lot of work to get good at it. And I realized that right off the bat that it, this wasn't like a natural talent. So I was going to have to just hustle. And so the first couple of years of Dimeview was just passion and hustle and like, you know, uh, spending the late night hours to really try to refine the art. 
Um, and I think one of the biggest moments like early on was I didn't have a camera for the first year. I couldn't afford it. So I had diamond view, but no camera. I would borrow my buddies (laughs) (laughs) and I was like shooting weddings and any kind of nonprofit I could get. Um, but, uh, my girlfriend at the time bought me my first camera. Who's now your wife. Who's now my wife. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. After that happened, I was like, okay, she's (laughs) definitely the the one. Yeah. Yeah. And her last name is more before we got married. Yeah. So we're like, well, he, they're Tim and Ashley and I'm, we have a Tim Tim and Ashley. (laughs) But then it goes back even more than that. Right. Like Mm -hmm. your father, both of your fathers are, are, uh, they're both ministers at different churches. Really? And yeah. And so, uh, they both have really similar names too. So it's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. It's good to hear, right, that there, it was a struggle in the beginning because mm-hmm. I think people forget to, that was what you yes, were going to say. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> because, I mean, I think people see, like, they oh, now they see your success and they're like, wow, I wish I could do it. And then they might um, kind of recoil mm-hmm. and think, like, maybe they can't do it. But it's good to hear the struggle because, you know, you have to push through that uncomfortability to get to success. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think a lot of that's left out in the story of most, most entrepreneurs is that they romanticize the hustle as if it was like great times, you know, <laughs> right. staying up till 3 a.m. every night and getting back at eight and doing it again. But like, it's really tough in the beginning yeah. and it sucks. Like when you're doing it, if, if it hurts, you're doing it right. right. You know, because it does take everything, all the energy. But I think that's the thing about passion is like passion is something when you pour energy into it, you get more energy out. And so, you know, if you're passionate about it, because if you're bored, it's going to be exhausting. You know, uh, boredom leads to burnout, but like passion, when you're really bought into something, you're like, dang it, I have to go to bed. You know, like yeah. it's, there's a different vibe to it. So, yeah. um, I love that. Yeah. It's yeah. So true. You can feel it when it's right. So my question was, is, did you always know that you wanted to be an entrepreneur or did you work for someone else before you started your own company? I didn't know what I was going to be. I thought I was going to be an engineer when I, uh, when I first started college and then I saw the math and I was like, no, 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 that's not for me. Um, and then but you're still doing math now cause you're an entrepreneur, right? <laughs> I am. Yeah. <laughs> different, different kind of math though. Right. But, um, yeah, it, it, I think it was really after a couple of years of doing video as what I thought was a hobby. Like I had created diamond view, not expecting it to be a big business, I did it because, you know, that was a way to make some side hustle. Mm-hmm. And as it grew momentum, it became very obvious. Like, you know what, this is the thing. Like, I, you know, I'm going to school for marketing, um, but video is like, you know, what I'm going to make the business out of. That's so cool. Share. Can you share with us some of the big names that you've already done commercials for that you've won these Emmys for? Because I think it's pretty, I think that really puts it in perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, well, some of our, our, probably our biggest client right now is Atlanta Braves. We have an office in Atlanta. We do about 160 videos a year for them, but we work with Purina and Gatorade, Mercedes Benz, Jack Daniels, another big client of ours. Um, so it's been a journey and, you know, uh, over the years, I realized that good work begets, uh, more work. And so we just try to pour into everything that we do, uh, hoping the next client be bigger and even better. Yeah. I I really want to ask you too about, um, your next step in this, because like, you know, you think like, okay, you made it right. Like what, what else is there to do? But you obviously figured out something else, which is what you call the view. Mm -hmm. So give me the details because I was trying to explain it to Steph (laughs) and I was obviously like, well, don't, don't quote me. Like, let's let Tim explain it. Cause it's not quite 360 degrees. 
It's but, a science fiction kind of spaceship looking studio. It's so yeah. cool. Uh, essentially, it's an LED volume. And an LED volume is like an IMAX theater, a huge LED display that's curved. Um, and it has a fully enclosed roof on it. And so. Oh, I didn't realize yeah. the roof on it. Yeah. And it's, and it's also LED display. So when the camera looks around the space, it can't differentiate between whether it's at that location or not. And so it's really cool because now anything that we would have to travel for, we can project on the screen and shoot in the studio. So we have a lot of control. Um, You can make it even look better. I mean, I'll tell you after shooting in Tampa, uh, for 10 years now, this is a beautiful city, but it rains in the summer. And when we get calls, it's often let's go shoot on the beach and the sunset is what everyone wants to see. And you got 30 minutes to get it right. Um, and so there's just all these barriers to being shooting on location in the volume. We could put the sunset there for 12 hours. We can have the AC running. Uh, if they're reading a teleprompter, don't worry about the sun or the glare or anything. And so it, it just solves so many problems that we've had for years. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Did you come up with this? Now, this is actually an idea from uh, Star Wars. So Star Wars created for their Mandalorian series, a massive volume in, in uh, California for uh, Lucas Films. Yeah. And so we saw the concept and we said, man, if this works for feature films, let's bring it to the commercial world. Right. But is yours, how, I thought yours was like larger than that, right? You built it pretty, pretty big. Yeah, it's pretty big. So it's a hundred feet right now and we're building it to 240 feet. Oh my gosh. Um, so the largest one right now is, is 180 feet. So it's going to be, so yours is the largest. In the world. <laughs> it's going to be. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So have you, um, taped anything there so far? Yeah, we've, we've filmed a few commercials. One of the big ones was Mercedes Benz. They barged a car over from Germany put it in the volume. And what's great about shooting a car, a car is like a mirror. It reflects in every direction. And so when you put it in the volume, you get to see the whole glory of, of the location. Um, and what was so cool is it's a, it's a 2022 car. So it's one of one. It's, it, they haven't gone to mass production yet. Mm-hmm. If you were to barge that around the world to the places that we shot, it would take weeks and be so expensive. But it was awesome to see they put it in the studio and we were able to shoot all these locations just back to back to back. Right. So big cost savings for the client. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you could shoot like a movie and make it look like it's in New York city. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I guess right now probably wouldn't be too hard because everything's closed, but like you could make it look however you want it to look yeah. people walking around, no people walking around, whatever you, whatever you want it to do. Mm-hmm. You could fill the film, the whole movie in one location. Yeah. Technically. Yeah. Right. Very cool. Now do you do movies or is it just ads? Well, that's marketing? something that we're really looking into because the volume is, is very good for feature films. Um, to give you an example, you know, in Atlanta right now, they'll give you 20% back on anything you shoot. So if you have a hundred million dollar film, you get a $20 million incentive back. Um, so Florida doesn't do any incentives, which makes it challenging to shoot here. But with the volume, you can, uh, cut about half the cost out of your shoot. So now that hundred million dollar film can get produced in Tampa Bay for 50 million. And so that's what we're looking at is, all right, can we now target some of these big entertainment style shows and, and feature films to bring here and, and, you know, bring to Tampa Bay. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So what's next? Mm. Do you have that? <laughs> I don't know. See the, the journey is like a squiggly line. And so I know where we're going, <laughs> but how we get there is always uh, even surprising to me. I'll tell you one thing we found out was after we built it, we got so many questions, mostly all international of people wanting to build volumes like this around the world. Mm-hmm. 
And so we're really looking at a business model of helping people build oh, these volumes. Yeah. Because if you think about the engineering behind it, it's so new that there's no blueprints online. You can't call a friend and ask. You have to experience to understand it. Mm-hmm. And so now we think we can help other people, you know, build what we've built. Is that why you were in India just recently? <laughs> well, I had I had five people from India over. I didn't no. travel oh, over there. Yes. Didn't. Okay. They were here. <laughs> yes. Is that what you were talking about? Although I am planning to go to India oh, soon. Really? That's yeah. Awesome. I wonder how. Yeah, we've, there right now. we've had a, a few people fly in just to see the volume. And that's where I realized like what the demand for this is that yeah. if you're able to fly around the world, it's a 24 hour flight from India to here right. uh, to just see it. And so it's something special. Wow. Right. No, that's, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Really, really cool. Um, what part of your job do you love the most? I love creating, you know, and the business guy, um, because that's the hat that I got to wear, but I love getting down in the trenches and like really playing with the technology and, and making new things. That's what gets me excited. Yeah. Your, so your office that you have off of bears is really cool because you, you completely gutted the whole building and made it your own. Um, isn't your, um, you had a, um, sensory, a, how did, what did you call it? Sim- sensory deprivation sensory, chamber. Yeah. Yes. That was so cool. So like <laughs> when I went to visit the office, he was still creating that room, but it's like essentially a deprivation room of senses. Can you say it that way? <laughs> and it's completely black and quiet. You can't hear anything cause you like soundproofed it. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's because, you know, your, your, your team is constantly looking at video, right? You're on the TV, you're on iPads and you're listening to sounds and you got to key up everything. So it's, there's a lot of, a lot of, um, things going on right with your senses. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you need to take a break. Mm -hmm. Is that, that's why you created that, right? Exactly. And it's just another way to get creative. You know, I think a lot of people think that creativity is this intersection of, uh, all these different unique ideas, but sometimes you just got to close the door and be quiet and just listen to your thoughts. And that's a place that you can go in there and it's just you and the white paper and just see who makes the first move because uh, sometimes you have it inside and you just need to quiet the outside to really hear it. Right. I'd love to jump into your brain for like a day. I feel <laughs> like it's so interesting. I could, you know, keep going on. I love it. Um, should we jump into the rapid fire questions? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. What's the crazy, crazy, so just, you know, going back really quick in a sentence or less, if mm-hmm. possible or not, whatever. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> what's the craziest video you've had to shoot? Oh, wow. I once went to a place thinking I was shooting surgical instruments and found out I was shooting cadavers. Oh, oh. that would be a shock. Oh. And I'm very queasy. Oh no! And I still haven't, that was 13 years ago. I still haven't gotten over that. Oh my gosh. That, that came out was, pretty quick too. So yes. it might be still, uh, <laughs> that's, that hurts. That lives rent free in your brain <laughs> yes. all the time. Oh my gosh. Did you, you didn't faint or anything. Did you? Oh, almost. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> several times. Oh, yeah. um, I wanted to ask you about your book. How yes. the heck did that come about? Right. Well, yeah, I wrote the book, um, almost three years ago, sold on purpose. And it was this idea that there would be some cultural intersection with marketing that people would, um, uh, you know, use social media as a platform, uh, to really make brands be a force for good, not just sell things for profit, but hold them accountable. And so a lot of what the book talks about is things that are happening right now, where you see that, uh, you know, 
corporations, especially that have political views, um, are really impacted on the way that they market. And, uh, and so it's, uh, it's really about, you know, how can we use marketing, not just as a tool to get people to buy, but as a tool to inspire people and, and really create a better world. Ash and I are big on books. Where can someone find this book? Is it on Amazon? It's on Amazon. Yep. Okay. And there's an audio book too, if you don't read. Cause cool. like me, oh. I just listen. Yeah. 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 And that's always easier. Yeah. Um, who is like the coolest person that you've gotten to work with or meet throughout your whole journey? Um, well, we work with a lot of celebrities. I'll tell you the most unique was Shaquille O'Neal's mom. Oh, really? oh. Yeah. We were doing <laughs> a shoot it. with Not Shaq. His, his mom. <laughs> yeah. Shaq is it. cool. Shaq is cool. But he, uh, and we shoot with him quite a bit. Um, but his mom is very tall and bold and powerful. Wow, and, uh, awesome. we were doing, he's, you know, he's like seven foot one. I think she's like six, six. And we were doing a shot where we needed to be the, them to be about the same height to get the shot. And so we put her on a box and a shack leaned over and he's like, Hey, if she falls, you die. <laughs> and we were thinking like that he was going to kill us, but then he was more referencing, like if anyone's in front of her and she falls, you're dead. <laughs> we're like, Oh, that's funny. <laughs> yes. I love it. Shout out to Jack's. Yeah. Mom. I love it. Has anyone been your mentor throughout or who mm, yeah. has mentored you, you know, throughout your life? I've had a lot of really good people help me through the years. One of my biggest mentors was a guy named Ryan Kindle. Um, I worked with him my first three years at that church after I did the mission strip yeah. and he taught me everything I know. Um, but he really gave me the opportunities to network with people in the industry. And I think that's how you get your first big start. It's like you can have the skill, but if you don't have a network, it's very challenging to get any traction. Mm -hmm. And so um, he got me connected with a company called Tampa Digital here, which was a, a really big media company for years. And so at the age of 16, 17 years old, I was on the road shooting national shows. And, you know, if it wasn't for that experience, I don't think I'd be where I'm at today. So I owe a lot to him. Is there something that clicked for you, like from not having that first camera to all of a sudden, you know, being uber successful? Nothing overnight, you know, it's like really just chipping away. We have a, uh, a Jamaican proverb on the wall. It says heights by great men reached and kept were not attained by sudden flight. But meanwhile, their companions slept. They toiled upwards through the night. Wow. And, you know, I think that's what our journey has been. It's like, you know, every project you get a little bit better, mm -hmm. but there's never one I can look back on and be like, oh, we made that leap. It was always just chipping away, just kind of toiling through the night, you know, little by little. So I think we're a culmination today of a lot of good lessons we've learned over the years. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's like what I, what we always try to tell like each other is just keep going, right? You yeah. Know, okay. You mess up. No worries. Like, what did you learn from it? Just, mm -hmm. let's keep, keep moving forward. Right? Yeah. yeah. Awesome. I feel like, you know, that's something that we all need to remember. And today has just been very uh, inspiring to me. I love your your story and your journey and I can't wait to see your office because <laughs> I've heard so much about yeah. it. Um, and I can't wait to see what's next for Diamond View and for you. Well, thank you. Thanks very for having exciting. me today. And thank you to NextPath for all your support. And until next time, live bold and boss up. This is a Forking Around Town with Tracy Guida Quick Fix on Radio Influence. I have a question for you today, and that is, 
what are you craving? And this really ties in well with my guest who I met on Instagram. Her name is Jillian and she is up in the Boston area and her Instagram account is what are you craving? So I have always been a big foodie. I love eating. I love trying new restaurants and I love taking pictures of food. So naturally the next logical step for me was to create a food Instagram, of course. Uh, <laughs> so of course. When it's you know, of course. So when it's time to eat, I'm constantly asking my boyfriend or friends, what are you craving? And my goal is really just to show both locals or anyone who's interested in traveling to or interested in the Boston area, what good food we have to offer and really help them choose what to crave. Forking Around Town with Tracy Guida can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play and RadioInfluence.com.